to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. All right, you got your Bibles this morning? All right, take them, pick them up, go to John's Gospel, chapter 5. If you did not uh, have an opportunity to hear last week's sermon, you need to do that. I think it was one of the most, uh, I don't know, I thought it was one of the most informative sermons that God has ever given me and revelation that God has ever given me about my life and so on and so forth. So you can pick that up, of course, on our website or anywhere. We're everywhere, praise God now. Everywhere. Still got books if you need them. There's some out back there. Take them, give them to your relationship, give them to your friends, give them to whoever it is, praise God. Let's get people born again and filled with the Holy Ghost, please. All right, we're going to back talk about authority. Say authority. authority. I mean, you know, when God created man, the first thing he gave him was dominion. Say dominion. Dominion means he gave man the right to rule, the right to control, the right to have authority over things in his life, and he put him on earth to rule and reign. So you were put here to rule and reign in this life, on this life. God never wanted to rule on this life himself. He wanted to rule through people who he made, through family members that he calls his sons and daughters, who you are when you get born into the kingdom of God. The day you got born again, you now have authority. Say, I have authority. All right, John chapter 5, look at verse 26. Jesus is speaking, he says, For as the Father has life in himself, so has he given to the Son to have life in himself, and has given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is what? Because he is what? Son of man. Now, this is a scripture that turned my life around because when I was growing up and I was in a denomination or in a church, I was taught that Jesus was Jesus and we were basically us. Do you know what I mean by that? In other words, Jesus was up here. Jesus could do everything. Jesus could do this. Jesus could, and we couldn't do nothing. We just had to hope Jesus did something for us because Jesus was God and we're certainly not God and don't even think that you're God because you're going to be in trouble thinking that you're in God so you can't do nothing. But notice he did not say he can execute judgment and have authority because he's the son of God. He said it's because he's the son of who? Of man. How many of you are the son of a man? See? So this told me that the the authority that Jesus had was also available to me because if he had it because he was in a physical body living on the earth, I discovered that I actually had a physical body and I was actually living on the earth. So the authority and the idea that we have that Jesus can do this, Jesus can do that, yes, he can, but he didn't come here to show you what you can't do. He came here to demonstrate to you what you can do in the kingdom of God. That's why he came. He walked in the kingdom of God. He lived in the kingdom of God. He demonstrated the kingdom of God. Why did he do that? So we would see how we're supposed to live as kingdom citizens here on the earth because we're part of the kingdom of God. Everything you see Jesus did, you can do. Everything that Jesus said... You don't understand. just ain't getting through there. See, it, it's, it's a fact. It's a truth. When I found out about that, I got a little excited. Because if he could heal the sick, then 
I could heal the sick. If he could cast out devils, then I could cast out devils. If I could kick religious spirits off me, then he, he can kick religious spirits. You see, everything that he did was a demonstration of what you can do and are supposed to be doing as a kingdom citizen here on the earth. And, and the Bible even says the only thing we can't do, of course, we can't suffer and die for our sins, but we can give our lives for others. See, that's what we're told to do. We're told to give our lives for other people. Lay down your life for your neighbors, for your friends, for your enemies, for everybody else. So Jesus came to demonstrate what we could do with the authority that he demonstrated here on the earth. Hallelujah. All right, go to Matthew chapter 8. One of the reasons many Christians are living the way that they are is because they have no idea that they have authority in their own life. They have authority over situations and circumstances. You have authority over those things. You can either worry about them or you can take your authority and run those things out of your life, praise God. Sickness and disease hits your body. You don't have to accept it. You can run it out of your life because you have authority. But we weren't taught that. We were taught just to help me, help me, help me. And that's okay as long as you're a baby Christian. But we want to grow up into the place where we can stand against the wiles of the devil. That the Bible tells us to do. So things that come into our life that are not of God, and we know sickness isn't of God. We know poverty isn't of God. We know worry isn't of God. Fear definitely isn't of God. So when those things start to come in our life, you are responsible. You are responsible. You are responsible to run those things out of your life each and every day. And how often do you run into those things? Every day. Every hour of every day, something coming against your mind, coming against your life. Will you just run those things out and learn to cast those things down and exalt on the Word of God? All right, here's authority. Look at Matthew chapter 8. Look at verse 5. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion, beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lies at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to this man, Go, and he goes, to another come, and he comes, and to my servant do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said unto them that followed, Surely I have not found so great faith, no, not even in Israel." God, in this day and hour, is excited about taking the church to a new level of their authority. He's not coming back to make us a spotless bride. He's waiting for a spotless bride. That means we've got to do some changing, and we've got to do some adjusting, and we've got to figure some things out. And one of the things he's trying to reveal to the church is the authority that he's given you and the dominion that he's given you in your own life so you can then live in other people's life and do it. It's up to you to resist what you want to resist and accept what you want to accept. It's totally up to you. It's your choice. The Bible says you can either bind or you can loose. It's not up to God to bind or loose. He will back your binding and your loosing depending on what you bind and what you loose. So that tells me every single day that I wake up, I'm taking sides with either the Word of God or I'm taking sides with the world. My thoughts are worldly or they're Word of God. My, my speech is worldly or it's word of God. I'm taking alignment with one or the other. If you're talking, you're, I mean, you're either complaining or praising. How many of you know you can't complain the praise? <laughs> See, it's one way or the other. So you're making your decision each and every day. You're either in belief that day or you're in unbelief. 
There is no other. I mean, you're making your choice every single day. And in order to advance in the kingdom of God, we have to walk in our authority. We have to walk in the believing the word of God and standing on the word of God. Notice, Jesus is a man of authority. The centurion comes to him and says, my servant's in grave pain. He's going to do that. Watch what Jesus said. I will come and pray for him. I will come and try to help him. I will come and do my best for him. No, he said, I will come and what? How many know that's authority? That's knowing that you've got something that's going to work and you're going to someone else. I will come and I will heal him. Now notice, Jesus never said he'll heal him in God's time. He never said he'll heal him after they learned the lesson that God's trying to teach them through sickness. We've learned that through other denominations and through other doctrine. Well, it just isn't true. He said, I will come and I will heal them, praise God. Why is that? Because he knew his authority, he knew what his authority would do, and he knew exactly how it would work in his life. Now, in order for you to be able to have dominion in other people's life, you need to learn how to use the dominion that's in your life. That you need to stay free in order to set other people free. Because the revelation of that authority working in your life will start to work in other people's lives then. See, it's much easier for you to pray for somebody who's in severe pain and walk away and rebuke the thing and not worry about it. But when it's in your body, it's a different story. See, I rebuke you pain, get out of my body. But how many know the pain may still be there? And now what you going to do? Are you going to stay in line with the word of God? And are you going to believe that by his stripes you were healed? Or are you going to say, well, I tried it once, Pastor Tom, and it didn't work. I don't think you're teaching the right thing because I gave it a shot one time and it didn't. No, 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 no. See, if God said it, don't blame me, blame him. See, I didn't say by his stripes you were healed. He did. I'm just telling you what he said. So every battle that we come into, there's a battle there between the natural realm and between the spiritual realm and between the Word of God. And God, sooner or later in your life, like it or not, is going to bring you to a place, this is his hope, that the only evidence you have in every situation is the Word of God. Period. Nothing else. Nothing else. See, at one time, I, I, I was trying to live the kingdom of God, but I had my butt in the wrong place. See, people would say, how are you doing? I would say, well, God says I'm healed by his stripes, but I don't feel very good, and I got a sore throat, and I'm not doing very good. Well, God said, change your butt. Tell people that, hey, you know, I don't feel very good, but the word of God tells me that by his stripes I've been healed. Now I'm on the right side of the butt, ain't I? Because that makes a difference, because we all want to do the butt thing. I feel terrible, but God is healing me. No, but God healed you. See, it's present tense. It's already been done. It's there. That's why Jesus could say, I will come and I will heal him. Now watch what the centurion says. If Jesus would have said that to me, I'd have grabbed his hand and ran as fast as I could to get into my house to heal my servant or my son or my daughter or anybody who was there. But he said, you don't even have to come because I understand authority. You don't have to come to my house. I understand authority. And if you just speak the word. It's all you got to do is speak the word, and my servant's as good as healed, whether you come there, whether I see him healed, whether I get a report he's healed, whether somebody tells me he's healed, whether the doctor says he's healed, whether the nurse says he's healed. You speak the word only, and that's going to take care of it, praise God. He was on the word of God, wasn't he? And how did he know that? Because he was in authority. So I got people under me. When I tell them to go, bless God, they better go. When I tell them to come, they better come. Why? Because I have authority over them. Now, notice something interesting about the scripture that I found out. This guy was a Roman centurion, but he wasn't in Rome at the time that he was using his authority. In other words, he was from Rome, but he was a representative of Rome to use his authority in a different land. We'll do that one more time. About three of you got it. He was a Roman soldier with authority, but he wasn't in Rome. He was somewhere else. 
But his Roman authority still worked because he was a representative of Rome, so his authority still... You're not in heaven right now. You're in the earth. But your authority will act like just like you're in heaven because you are a representative of God down here, and that authority is going to be just as good as long as you stay under the authority that's above you. So you've got to stay in line with that authority that's on you. You have to be in agreement with the Word of God. You can't be talking negative to the Word of God. When you violate the Word or get in disagreement, your authority won't work anymore, just like with the centurion. If the people above him told him to do something and he decided to do something else, how many know nobody below him had to obey him? Because he wasn't in line. So we have to stay in line with the Word of God. We must live in righteousness. That's why we seek first the kingdom of God and his And all these things will be added unto us. That's why a lot of the church is in poverty right now. Because they're not living in righteousness. They have no authority in their situation. And basically they're living according to the world. And I'll tell you, there's nothing good in the world at all. So, so when am I going to lose my health? I'm going to lose it when I disagree with the authority that's above me. I'm going to lose wealth when I disagree. I'm just so poor. Look at them. And then you get mad at people. Look at them. My God, God blessed them. They've been to church two weeks. I've been coming here for 42 years. And God blessed them. And nobody blesses me. Well, I can see why. You see, it's not based on how many times you came to church. It's not based on how much you hug somebody. It's based on are you believing God's word and in line with that so your authority works in every single area of your life. That's why living healed is so hard because it's hard to have natural symptoms and believe you're healed at the same time. And it's not something you try to do. This is under parental discretion. You don't try to get healed. You either know whether healing. And what happens? You're in the Word so much and the Word's living on the inside of you and the Word will rise up in you to a place where you will believe the Word of God more than you believe the symptom. You will believe in prosperity more than you believe in your bank account. All at once the Word gets bigger on the inside of you. But this is when you plant the seed of the Word of God. This isn't something you hear one sermon then you just go out and throw it out every now and then. No, I'm healed. I'm blessed. I'm healed. No, no. You either know you are or you don't know you are. And it's on the inside here. And that's why meditation is a key to success. Because when you sit back all day and you're reading the word and I come across by his stripes, I'm healed. I stop and I see myself healed. And I see sickness coming to me and I see it bouncing off of me. And I see it jumping on me and I see myself rebuking it and running someplace else. I see myself walking in divine health. I see myself doing that. You've got to get the picture of it. How many know that's very important? It's how you see yourself, because most people see themselves sick. They still believe they're sick. They still believe they're sick. That's why when they come here, if you sit under the word long enough, let me tell you what, you'll get healed if you put it into action. If you don't, you won't. If you get back over the, I'm sick, I'm down and out, I'm poor, I can't do anything, I'm depressed, I'm, you're not in line anymore with the word of God, and the spirit of God cannot back up anything but his word. The anointing on the inside of you backs up the Word of God when you're in agreement with the Word of God. So I want to stay and live in the anointing. I want to do that. If not, if you step outside too, and as Christians and born-again people, we're fortunate because your heart will condemn you. See, people say, that's not true. There is no condemnation for those who walk in the Spirit. Well, there is for those who walk in the flesh. It's a great scripture, but quote the whole thing. See, there'll be condemnation in there, won't you? You won't feel like you quite have the power. You won't speak to things. You won't blah, blah, blah. So what do you got to do? You got to get back in line with the Word of God because the Word of God is what releases the anointing on the inside of you and the anointing doesn't just break some yokes. The anointing breaks every single yoke of your life. So what am I doing? I'm getting into self-deliverance again. How do I do that? I believe the Word of God. Will people like it? No. Will, will people who aren't born again like it? No. Will people who are born again like it? No. 
They don't like it when you say you're healed. They don't like it when you say, well, we prayed according to the will of God, and since he heard me, we have the petitions that we asked of him. Well, how are they doing? Well, we have the petitions they asked of him. But how is he doing? What makes a difference? We have the petitions that we asked of him, and he heard us, and they're ours. But what did they say? I don't care what they said. They can't help him. He helps him, praise God. So I'm going to stay on the word of God, if you don't mind. And I had to learn that first, not even in healing, in finances. You know why? Because God had me start a church. And uh, no matter what you hear, people don't flock in with hundreds of thousands of dollars when you start a church, praise God. I mean, it comes, and pretty soon you come to play. And you've got to be careful because I'm thinking in my early years of natural things about how to support coffee cups with my picture. I'll sell a million of them, a trillion of them. See, all different ways you can do it. You run into a rich person. Oh, we got a great church, praise God. You come to our church, yeah, we'll give you a front row seat, blah, 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 blah. See, what are you doing? You're trying to deal with it yourself and then trying to give credit to God, but you're going to find out God won't get no credit because you ain't going to deal with it. So it ain't going to work in here. So what I have to do, I had to get in the word on finances. And the finances said he'd meet all my needs according to his riches and glory. Finances said, I've been tithing in the church tithes. Therefore, the windows of heaven are open. He's pouring out a blessing upon me that I cannot contain. And people say, how the church doing? Well, he's pouring out a blessing upon us that we cannot contain. But how's your finances? Well, he's pouring out a blessing upon us that we cannot contain. Well, we know there was a setback during, during COVID. How did your church do? Well, our needs are met according to his riches and glory. No, how's he, how are you really doing? I'm really doing his needs are met according to his riches and glory. See, we want bad news more than we want good news. We want to hear the whole story about what's going on, what's the matter, what's happening. You don't need to know that stuff. You just need to know the word and stay on the word, and, and that keeps you in your authority in your life, and you'll start to speak to things boldly. There's a boldness that comes upon you when the word overrides the natural realm in your heart. When it overrides the natural realm in your heart, I tell you what, you are ready to do some things, praise God. And I'm not even talking about deliverance where you fall down and puke and go around in circles. I'm talking about those little thoughts that come against your mind. Come on now. We like the spectacular, but what about that little fear thought that took care of you for two days last week until you woke up and rebuked the thing? Everything you feared about in your life didn't come to pass. Worried about it for six years, what happened? Never happened. Well, you just wasted six years. You see, we don't want to do that. We want to live in joy. We want to live in peace. We want to live in the kingdom of God. We want to be a shining light. We want to be the salt of the earth. Well, how are you going to do that? Not looking and living like everybody else, but we've got the answer for everybody else, praise God. So we're in a spiritual battle every single day. And I'll tell you, when you'll, when you'll realize to you and to others where you're at when the storm hits. See, as long as everything's going good, you blessed. You blessed. How you doing? Blessed. Healed, feel great. Healed. Money, coming out my ears, baby. It's doing good. Hallelujah. But then all at once, the car breaks down. Get a symptom in your body. And they come to you and say, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing very good. I'm a believer, but I just ain't doing it. No, no. See, what did you do? You backtracked. What happened in the natural overrode in the spiritual. Now you have no authority because your faith is not in God's word. It's in the problem. See, that's why we've got to learn to control something. Because you want to talk about it, won't you? You want to talk about your problems. You want to talk about your woes. You want to talk about this. And everybody who comes up and pats you on the back really don't care anyway, so you're wasting your time. <laughs> Come on. You get about two people that care, and the other hundred just say, oh, I hope it does better. And then they get away from you because they don't want to hear any more about it. 
because that's the way humanity is. But we don't do that. We're going to stay on the word of God, then it allows authority. Look at, here's disciples, three years with Jesus. Three years! I think if I spent three years with Jesus, I'd know something. <laughs> and they're in a boat and a storm comes. And the first thing they say is, we're going to die. Now, how many of you know there's not a lot of faith in that? <laughs> See, and how's their authority going to work? How can you speak to the wind? Kill us! And they woke up Jesus who was sleeping, and he calmly stood up, said, peace. And you know what happened? Peace. Now, you're not in a boat storm daily, but you still have little things that come against your peace that you have authority over, and you can keep your peace. You don't have to freak out every single day. You don't have to get riled every single day. Because if you can't do it when there is no tragedy hitting your life, how are you going to do when something actually hits your life? So you're going to run into a problem, aren't you? So what do we want to do? We want to stay on the Word of God. We want to meditate on the Word of God. We want to get it to grow up on the inside of us so the Word of God means more to us, just like the gospel of salvation did. How many of you in here are saved? How many of you in here are going to heaven? What if somebody walked up to you and said, you ain't going to heaven? You'd laugh them off and say, get out of my face, man. I'm born again and going to heaven. Why? You're convinced. Do you always act like you're going to heaven? My eyes are closed. No, you don't, do you? But are you still saved? Yeah, you don't argue that just because you made a boo-boo here or flipped off here, got mad there or whatever. No, you still believe it. Now you can do that in healing. You can do that in peace. You can do that in joy. You can do that against fear to where you're walking above all those things every single day of your life. And notice what Jesus says here. Jesus said, I have not found so, I've not found, apparently he was looking, I've not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. So notice, what was great faith to Jesus? Great faith was, speak the word only, and I will be healed, prosperous, blessed, fearless, whatever. So it's just the word of God only. Say only. only. See, we don't need, when we're believing the word, you don't need something. You don't need a rooster to crow at midnight five times <laughs> to prove that God heard your prayer. Ever put out a fleece? Yeah, for the first two years, you could call this the fleece ministry. I'm putting out fleeces everywhere, man. If you wanted me to stay in this, my God, let the moon, moon turn half blue and red at midnight and 2 o'clock, somebody knock at my door bringing me cookies. And, and how many know we don't need that stuff? We've already got the Word of God. And the Word of God will work. And out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be. And that's what God wants. He wants the word on prosperity to be greater in our life than the bills and debt that's in our life. He wants the word on healing to carry more authority than the symptoms that hit our body all the time. He wants the word on forgiveness to rule over the reasons why we shouldn't forgive. I mean, there's always reasons why we shouldn't. We could write them down, couldn't we? Person not nice. They deserve it. Good for them. And there's only one reason, too. God said so. And then sometimes we try to compromise, don't we? Peter says, all right, I'll forgive. How about seven times? Jesus said, how about 70 times seven? Peter said, I don't like that very well. That's not a very good thing. <laughs> See, then we try, to, we try to barter with God. God, if you do this, I'll do that. Not knowing that he already did that. And we don't have to do this to get that done. So notice, here you see Jesus said, I've not found so great faith now in Israel. So what is it? It's the word of God. Say the word of God. Word of God. All right, let's go a little bit further. Look at verse... Uh, 14. And when Jesus was come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever, and he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and ministered unto them. 
Now, this is interesting. He just dealt with the other thing. He walks in. Here's Peter's mother-in-law. He touches. It's in the same chapter, chapter 8, verse 14. Let me do it one more time. Chapter 8, Matthew, verse 14. And when Jesus was coming to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick with a fever, and he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and ministered. Now, if you look this up in the other Gospels, there's like two other terms. And one time it says in one of those Gospels, he rebuked the fever, and it left her. That means when you rebuke certain things in your life, those things will leave you. He touched her. How many have ever had Jesus touch you? Now, I'm not saying physical Jesus walking into your bedroom and touching you. Jesus is the Word of God, and sometimes the Word of God touches you. In other words, you're reading the Word of God, and all at once, it, there's a revelation that comes in your life, and it touches you. And you may even get goosebumps, like Jesus was in the room or something. What's it doing? When the Word of God touches you, things leave you. Depression will leave you. Fear will leave you. All these things will leave you. Pretty soon those thoughts that used to come to convince you that you were worried, that nobody liked you, that all these things, you'll start to catch them immediately and kick them out of your life, knowing the Word of God, and you won't deal with that anymore. The pastor walked by me, and he ignored me, and he didn't say anything to me. He must not like me. I haven't been coming to church lately, and I just don't think he cares. And he's probably really mad at me for this, and, and he probably told the whole church by now. It's probably one of his sermons. Blah, 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 blah. What happened? That's a thought that came into your mind. Maybe the pastor was busy and just walked by you because he had something to do quickly. Praise God. Come on. Look at the good thing, you know. Maybe a little anointing brushed off on you when he walked by. Think of something good. Praise God. Hallelujah. But notice these thoughts come to our mind, don't they? But we don't have to do them. We can rebuke them. We can let the word of God touch them. So when worry starts to come into your life, I'm going to use the word of God. I'm going to let not my heart be troubled. Praise God. I'm going to cast all my care on him because that's what the word says. I'm going to worry about nothing. Not to but worry will fly right away out of your life as soon as you do that. But if it comes in and you continue to nurture that, continue to think about that, You'll have a big worry before it's over with. Everything in the kingdom of God and in the world is a seed. Yep. Worry and fear are seeds that the devil's trying to get into your heart. Peace and joy are seeds that are already in your heart. But when those other things come, they stop them from operating in your life. When you're, when you're sick, praise God, don't go to the pamphlet to find out where the nearest Kleenex sale is. <laughs> See? Go to the Word of God. The Word of God says, by His stripes... Praise God, I've been healed. The Bible says, I have been redeemed from the curse of the law. Praise God. So I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Well, I don't feel any better. I've been healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Well, you don't look any better. I've been healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Praise God. And I'm going to stay there. Does it go away instantly? Sometimes. But if it don't, why move off of it? You see, you don't want to nurture it. Well, I just felt terrible, and it's been going around, and it's going around my family, and my aunt and uncle had it, and now I got it, and it's probably going to go around the family again. It's not that bad. You know, you're just sick for two or three days, and that's what it is. And I'm going to call for prayer to see if anybody wants to pray for me because I'm in sick, and I'm, you know, you've got to change that. Even when you're ministering to other people, you've got to stop that flow. See, because that'll block the anointing and the power that's in your life because it's like an outflow of negativity that hits life. And sometimes we minister to people who aren't ready. Then the devil comes to us and tells us we can't do it or we don't have authority or we don't have the power when it probably couldn't have been you to begin with. It might have been where they were at. Are you following me? 
So whatever happens in your life, even you people that come up here and preach on Wednesday nights, before you, before you get up here, it's the same thing. You don't have the right message. What message should I preach? I got four messages. God, what do you want me to preach? I should preach. I should probably preach on this, but maybe I'll preach on that. Well, I'll pick, and I'm just going to pick this one. Then you preach on it, and you get done. The devil say that you picked the wrong one, and you should have said this during your, and nobody listened to it anyway. And you were really boring. Did you see some people sleeping out there? And did you, all those things come? He comes at you constantly, but you got to learn to recognize God's voice from His voice, and get rid of those things that come into your life. That's what your authority is really for. That's what your dominion's really for. It's a lot better living in peace and joy than not living in peace and joy. And what, what did Jesus do? He cast out spirits. How did he do it? With his word. Say with his word. With his word. So if you're going to cast spirits out, you're going to do it with his word. And notice, not just the word that day at that time. You understand? If you've been talking doubt and unbelief all week and then want to stand up against the devil on Sunday morning, you're wasting your time because you're talking all week. Just coming out your mouth all week long. How broke you are, how it's not going to work, how your job's going to fall apart, blang, blang, government stinks, la, 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 la. And then on Sunday morning, you get a little excited under the word. In Jesus' name, be free. Be free. And you leave church and say, why did I do that? That really sounded stupid when I did it. I why is that? Because it's not built up in your heart yet. It's our constant communication. Now, if Jesus cast out spirits with words, that means your words can also bring spirits in on your life. See? Your words are very important things. The Bible says you're snared by the words of your mouth. Not snared by the devil, snared by the words of your mouth who allowed the devil to come into your life and do something. So we want to stay positive. We want to stay in agreement with the Word of God. We don't want to violate the Word of God. We want to stay in line with the Word of God. So I'm going to talk healing and health. I don't want to talk sickness. And it's very difficult to do when you've got something going on in your family. And I understand everybody wants to know what's going on. I understand what's going on, this going on. But you've got to get a scripture and you just got to hold on to that thing, man. I'm telling you what. We sing all his promises, don't let go of them. And he don't let go of them, but you can't let go of them either. How many of you know that? So you've got to hang on to that promise. And people say, well, God's faithful. That's true, but are you? I know he's a faithful God, but are you? See, are you the one? We don't have to worry about him being faithful, and we don't have to tell him he's faithful. He might have already known that. <laughs> See, God, you're faithful. God, you're faithful. He says, I know it. I know it. I know it. He says, are you faithful? Are you faithful to the promise I gave you? Are you laughing at it like Abraham did? Or are you going to try to help God? We'll have a baby. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll take care of you, God. You ain't doing a very good job. Let me help you fulfill this promise. We're still dealing with that, aren't we? See, years later, just because he made a boo-boo, because he wouldn't wait on God and believe the word of God. Take Mary, for instance. Would you like to God come to you with a word and say, you're going to get pregnant by the Holy Ghost? I'm sure she didn't say, oh, I was praying for that. That's what I was hoping for since birth. No. And how many know, in order for her, the Bible says, because she believed that word, God was able to, what if she didn't believe it? And I'm sure she got great counsel from Joseph. Guess what, honey? I'm pregnant. And I'm sure he thought, it's the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Come on, we don't think of these things, do we? We just read the Bible. I wouldn't want to be Joseph. Before we get married, Becky, come and say, I'm pregnant by the Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you are. That Holy Ghost has been getting everybody lately, praise God. 
Come on, it's a natural way we think. No, we ain't going to say, praise God. Glory to God. No. And then her parents, I'll bet they were tickled. No, no, we think all this stuff in the natural. But she believed, people say, well, I've got to believe God, but there's obstacles. There's always obstacles. But I'll tell you what, she went through some serious obstacles before it was over with. I mean, you get stoned back in that day for getting pregnant out of wedlock. And you can go to court and tell them it was the Holy Ghost, but I don't think it's going to work. See, but because she believed the promise, God was able to do what he promised in her life. So what do we got to do? We got to become that way. We got to believe the promise. Whatever the promise tells us it is, it is. You know, we sing, I know who I am. We sing it, but do we? Songs are fun to sing, but when the attack comes, things change quite a bit when they come. You know, as long as you're feeling great, it's easy to tell everybody that by the stripes of Jesus, you're healed. You got no problem with it all. When money's good, hallelujah, he meets all my needs according to his riches and glory. But is your face like this when other things come? No, they're not, see? And that's it. They can tell by your face, and you can tell by your face. But we've got to get to a place where the Word of God grows so big on the inside of us that we know what to allow in our life and what to disallow. What is God's will in my life? This is what He wants. This is what He wants in another person's life. Always go on His will and pray His will. And the Bible says when you pray according to the will, He hears you. And as long as He hears you, He know you have the petition. You have them. Notice you have them. Say you have them. So don't go back and put it in hope. God's going to do it. No, you have them. I'll have them. No, you have them. Every place in the Bible, it puts it in the past tense because as soon as you believe God, the anointing of God's already gone to work on that thing, eating that thing up and getting it out of your life. But you've got to stay in agreement to do that with your authority that's on the inside of you and the dominion that God has given us. So we want to stay in line with the Word of God all the time. When we're talking to each other, we want to stay in the Word of God. When we're talking to our spouse, we want to talk. when we're talking to ourselves, come on, we all do it. What are you thinking while you're going down the road driving? You know, what's the thought life like? What's going on? You run into somebody who's got the sniffles, and they come up and hug you. What do you think? I should have worn an asbestos suit today to church. No, you're redeemed from that. You've got authority over that stuff. You can't be afraid of that stuff, because, I mean, you know, fear allows the devil in. God has not given you a spirit of, but of love and power and of a... So a sound mind is a mind that's in agreement with God every single day, every single That's why, once again, I'm a, you cannot sit there and watch the news 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There is no good news on there. And it's getting in there, and it's making you think that way, and it's making you see the troubles of the world, and it's making you do it. And then you talk about the troubles in the world, and talk about what's happening, and talk about the shooting, and talk about this. You ain't going to change the shooting by talking about it anyway. And everybody probably, you can't stay away from it because anything you turn on, it comes up right away. It's not like you can avoid it, but you don't have to live in it and talk about it. We want to talk about what God has done in our life. We want to talk about how good he is. We want to talk about how great he is. And it's a battle. I mean, the last month has been a battle to control my tongue. And the vocabulary of silence has been a blessing to me. How's it going? Mm-hmm. How's everything going? Hmm? Yeah. Yep. yep. Weather's been good. Praise God. Great. On. See, you don't have to be drawn in. What does the doctor say? Who cares? Cares what the doctor or the nurse say. Praise God. We prayed to God, and he's the one responsible. If he wants to use a doctor or nurse, that's great. But if he don't want to, I can care less. Just do what you told me you're going to do, and I'm going to continue to believe what he told me I'm going to do, you see. And it's that way as you grow up in everything in your life, even your ministry. 
God will show you what's coming, and you've, you've got to believe it. And it may not look like it, but it does. God may look like it's going to fall apart on the outside, but God, if God said that's where you're supposed to be, that's where you stay. That's where you are. People get in fusses. People get in fights. People get in splits. They do. But it doesn't change the fact that God told you to do something, so just keep doing it anyway. You're not responsible for everybody else. Thank God. That was a very important lesson learned for me. I thought I was responsible for everybody, for God's sakes. And for a while, I, yeah. Well, but you're not. No, that's God's problem. I don't want to take any of his work. I want to let him go ahead and do what he's supposed to do. Not my responsibility. My responsibility is to preach the word of God, grow people up, make disciples, send them out to make disciples and continue this kingdom of God going, going, going. People come, people go, people stay, people get mad, people get upset, people get happy. It doesn't really matter, do you see? What matters is are we doing what we're supposed to do and are we growing in the things of God? And most of you in here, you know how to disciple people by now. See, you've heard enough word. You heard enough word today that would surpass. And there's people around you who need that. Well, I don't know what's the matter. My, my family's all sick or whatever. Well, tell them, well, Jesus died for you and he paid for it. And your family don't ever have to be sick again. They don't have to be sick again. You can live in divine health in your family and you can keep your kids wealthy. Well, how does that happen? Well, this happens when you get in the kingdom of God, receive Jesus, your Lord and Savior. Did it. See, it's opportunities for you. And then once you get them born again, don't run from them. Well, you don't understand. They're making a mess all the time. Yep. Yep, they're babies. Babies make messes all the time. I know. They make messes all the time. Yep. But then people grow up, and they need discipled. And you people are all disciples in here. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know some things. You can help some people. You can do it. But first, you've got to put them to work in your life. We've got to put these to work in our life. We've got to walk in love, because he said so. And you've got to see yourself as a lover. You can't see yourself as someone who suffers rejection, someone who's down and out, someone who's got all these problems, because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Yes. So you cannot magnify the wrong things in your life. You've got to bring in the good thing. The Bible says you partake of the divine nature of God through the precious promises of God, not through your effort. You'll never change on your own effort. I just believe the promises. Every promise I believe kicks something else out of my life. When I believed I was not a fearful man and never be fearful, fear left. I didn't try to get rid of fear. You can't do it. You can't get rid of worry. You get so full of the Word of God, it says, let your heart be troubled. That praise God, you could, I'm a person whose heart never gets troubled. Well, don't you ever worry? No. I don't let my heart be troubled. Well, does God help you? He does, but it tells me not to let my heart be troubled, basically. So you never worry? No. Well, I'm worried about you. <laughs> See, some people don't worry about anything, praise God. But we've got to convince ourselves of who He said we are, we're holy, we're righteous, we're blessed, we're anointed. And it's basically, it's like coming into this place this morning. It was dark. You didn't have to try to get rid of the darkness. You didn't have to pray the darkness away. All you had to do was turn on the and darkness left. It's the same way with you. When you convince yourself through the Word of God and the Spirit of God of who you are, when you convince that you're holy, you'll stop living unholy. When you see yourself righteous, you'll stop living unrighteous. When you see yourself anointed, you won't be faint anymore to lay hands on the sick and cast out the devil. When you understand how important your words are, you'll start watching what you say all the time, see? But it's all part of God's divine plan to raise you up through the promises of God. So find the promises in here. You're struggling in an area of your life? Go to the Bible. Find two or three promises that deal with your area. Deals with my area. Amen. See? If you're having spousal problems, go up and find what you're supposed to do to your spouse. You'll probably find three scriptures that you won't like. Yeah. 
Love your wife as Christ loves the church. Could I have two others, please, instead of that one? But that's what it says, isn't it? That's what it's in there. Submit to your husband. No, thank you. But what do we want to do? We want to put two or three together. Then we want to meditate on them. We want to see ourselves as someone who's not fearful. See ourselves who's someone worried. See ourselves who never has a bad day. That was one of my favorites I started years ago. I have no more bad days. I have no more bad days. How's your day going? I don't have no more bad days, so it's good. It's got to be good because I'm having no more bad days. And when a bad day starts coming in your life, all at once out of the inside of you, come up this little voice that says, you have no bad days. I hear you, Holy Ghost. You've got sort of a squeaky voice today, but I hear you this morning. And then I say, that's it. I don't have bad days. What am I doing? I'm not demanding in the name of Jesus. I'm not shouting it from the house. I'm just releasing what's on the inside of me that sets me and keeps me totally free. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So today, if, if you're in a race and you finish second, don't feel bad. You're still a winner in the kingdom of God. If they were selling tickets today, I would have to come. I would have to come just to see these two. Praise God the way they're talking. Yeah, well, my money today's on right over here, Chad. My money's on the Cavaliers. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, let's just pray. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you for our continued agreement. Holy Ghost, you've got a free right in the heart of each and every person here. Every time we start going in that wrong area there, praise God, we thank you for just touching us in the heart, telling us, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Turn around and go back the other way whenever we start complaining or moaning or whining, Lord. We want to be praising you and worshiping you and giving you all the glory and all the praise and all the honor. We thank you, Father, that when we meet with others, talk with others, fellowship with others, that the spirit of peace and joy and love would get off on us and just ignite what's on the inside of them also i thank you father for a great picnic today i thank you for a great upcoming week and we thank you for what you've done in each and every one of our lives through your word and your spirit in jesus name and everybody said amen Amen. okay everybody to the picnic have a great time the kingdom of God and his righteousness.